everything in our faith walk has to do with keeping a determined heart. And the Lord this week just gave me a couple of, of words that, and, a, and kind of a visual picture that, that just kept getting in front of me. And it was uh, kind of funny because it, it went along with a, a movie. And the words were locked in, locked in. And whenever I thought of that, I thought of, I don't know how many people saw the new Top Gun movie. Yeah. And, and it, that was the visual that kind of came to my mind was, you know, when those uh, fighters, those, those F-A-T, is that what they are, fighters? F-T-A-F-760. Yes. I will not be able to talk about all the terminology, but you'll get the concept of what I'm trying to say. But when they're fighting and they have that visual in front of them and on that screen, that radar, and, and there's this, uh, the fighter planes that are coming at them or in front of them, and then they, it's like that, that radar locks in on that target. And then it goes beep when it locks in and then you know you can fire. And it's like then that missile finds that target and go and it you know, blows it up. And, and it's like that's what we are supposed to do with our faith. We are to lock in, lock in, and not let go. When we have a faith and a determination that locks in, then it's like I, just like Jacob, I am not letting go. I am staying here until I get that blessing. I am not moving. I'm not, I'm not backing down. I'm not shrinking back, but I am locking in on the word of God, on his promise for me, on what he's told me to do. I'm not backing up. So I want to talk this morning about a locked-in faith, a locked-in faith. So I want to go through uh, three things this morning that we have to have or do in order to lock our faith in, in order to lock our faith in. So I want to read a scripture. We're going to jump around to a, a few different scriptures this morning, but the first one is uh, Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5, and we're going to read about the paralytic, the paralytic man. As we go through these three things that we have to do in our life in order to lock our faith in. Luke 5, 17. It says, one day as he was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law who had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem were sitting there. And the power of the Lord was present for him to heal the sick. Some men came carrying a paralytic on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd, right in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. And the Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? And Jesus knew what they were thinking and asked, why are you thinking those things in your heart? Which is easier, to say your sins are forgiven or to say get up and walk? 
But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. And immediately he stood up in front of them and took what he had been lying on and went home praising God. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. And there they were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things today. We've seen remarkable things today. Now, the first thing I want you to notice in this story with the paralytic man is he surrounded himself with people of faith. He surrounded himself with people of faith. So one of the ways that he locked in was surrounding himself with people that also locked in with their faith. And the first thing you have to do concerning your faith in life is you have to surround yourself with people of faith. This is so, uh, this is so important, so significant to your faith walk. Because you can't surround yourself with doubters. I know the world comes up with the word, oh, don't be a hater. But we can't surround ourselves with people that doubt and speak negativity, speak doubt, speak, uh, well, you know, you really think that's going to happen? Well, you know, I, I, I don't think that that's, uh, you're believing pretty radical. Well, that's kind of crazy. You think God's going to do that for you? Well, maybe you need to just settle down a little bit. Maybe that's not supposed to happen. Maybe God's trying to do it this way. But the thing is, these guys had a seed of faith on the inside of them that had been planted. Just like a seed gets planted into the ground, God sows his word, the seed, through a sower. The sower sows the seed, it finds the ground, and then it produces. So we have to, we have to nurture that seed. We have to care for that seed and protect it and make sure that seed doesn't get plucked up by the enemy or choked out by the weeds. So so there's a seed that's planted on the inside of you that God has put there. He may have told you something to do. He may have promised you health and healing. He may have promised you provision, protection, deliverance. He may have given you a command. He, he may have told you to do something specific. That is the promise he has given to you individually. And that seed that's been planted, you have to protect that. So that means surrounding yourself with people that will also help protect that faith surrounding yourself with people of faith and not people that doubt. Amos 3.3 says, how can two walk together unless they agree to do so? How can we walk with the word of God and cling and profess the word of God in our life if we're walking alongside people that have no respect for the word of God? If they do not value the word of God and even Christians, there can be Christians, but they have no faith. So just because someone is a Christian, if they have no faith or they're operating at a low faith level, that's not going to help you walk your walk of faith. Maybe you can minister to them, but them coming alongside you all the time and them speaking into your life and, and causing doubt to increase instead of faith to increase isn't going to help your faith walk. So you have to surround yourself with people that will also believe in the fullness of the word of God. 
the fullness of the word of God. If you remember me preaching a few weeks ago, I said the seed has the potential, everything that it needs on the inside of it. It needs nothing else. That seed has everything it needs in order to grow, in order to bear fruit, all wrapped up in that teeny tiny seed. And it gets planted. All we have to do is water it and nurture it. It has to be planted in good soil and good ground. That's our hearts. But that seed, if we surround ourselves with people that try to take that seed and say, oh, I don't think that seed has that much power. Oh, let me see. That seed's awfully small. I don't think that seed really has the potential to do that much. You know, who sold you that seed? Well, you know, I, don't, I wouldn't trust them. And there's a lot of things that can come out that can cause us to doubt the word of God. So we want to make sure we're surrounding ourselves just like this paralytic man. He surrounded himself with friends that said, you know what? We're going to believe. We're going to believe. And in fact, I find it interesting. In verse 19, it says, when they could not find a way to do this. When they could not find a way through the door because it was so crowded. You know, think of that. Think like put yourself in that position for a moment. Hey, bud, you know, we, we sit with this guy's in town. His name's Jesus. We've heard so much about him and all the miracles that he's done. And we got together. We thought it would be great for you to come to this meeting. They're having this meeting at this guy's house. And we wanted you to go because we think that he can, he can heal you. Well, that sounds great. Yeah, I'll go. And so they, okay, let's go. And they pick up his mat, and they're, they're going to the house. And then they get there, and there's just a crowd surrounding the house. Now, all of a sudden, they have a decision they've got to make because they're trying to push in. Excuse us, excuse us. No, you can't have my spot. I was here. I'm, 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 not, I'm trying to get closer. You're not, you're not squeezing in. You guys take up too much room with that mat. They've got a decision they've got to make. Well, maybe today's not a good day. Maybe we can, maybe we can catch them on, on, at the end of the revival. Maybe we can catch them on a different day. Maybe we can catch them at somebody else's house in another town. But they didn't. It says, when they saw, when they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, what does it say they did? They went up to the roof. They went up to the roof. And that's number two, is you have to activate your faith. You have to constantly be moving forward. You can't look at the situation and say, well, you know what? The situation looks pretty bad. I wasn't expecting it to be this crowded. I wasn't expecting it to be this difficult. I wasn't expecting uh, us to, to, you know, I just figured everybody would have a little bit of compassion and let us squeeze on through. But everybody else was wanting their miracle or everybody else was wanting to hear the word too. I wasn't expecting this difficulty. But instead of sitting down and saying, well, guys, I guess it, it just wasn't meant to be today. They activated their faith by continuing to move forward. In fact, they refused. They refused to take no for an answer. And it says they went higher. They moved up. They went up to the roof. 
And the fact that he had four friends that were willing to move up to the roof with him. Because if they would have said, you know, but it's, it's not working. We're just going to lay you down right here and <laughs> just, you know, hope for the best. And maybe he'll come out, but it's not happening today. You know, we're not getting any further than this. Then he was stuck. He was stuck with their faith. And so many times, if we don't surround ourselves with the right people, we'll stop when they stop. Where their faith level stops, we'll stop. And so we've got to surround ourselves with people that are going to activate our faith also. They're going to say, no, we can keep going. We can go higher. Let's go to the roof. Let's go to the roof. We're going higher. We're going up another level. So they, they take him, and they take him with them, and they're going to the roof, and they start tearing out the tiles, and they start tearing through the roof. If you can imagine that, we would call that vandalism of property. <laughs> can you imagine somebody, like, all of a sudden, the, the ceiling tiles start falling, and, and somebody's hand starts reaching down and pulling, pulling tiles and pulling the framework aside? And next thing you know, a man gets lowered through the roof right in front of Jesus. So this is some courageous stuff here. It's a little bit radical. And sometimes we just want to blend in. You know, it's comfortable right here. I'm just going to keep my faith at, at the level that everybody else's is at. Now, if everybody else goes to the roof, I'll go to the roof too. But what if everybody doesn't go to the roof? What if they keep their feet on solid ground? What if they don't go any higher? Are you going to go higher? Amen. And I believe that there's a group of people in here today that are willing to go higher. I believe that you're surrounded by a good group of people that are they're not going to send discouragement into your ear. They're going to encourage you to go higher. They're, they want to see you move forward. So you cannot agree with your current circumstance. If they would have agreed with their current circumstance, they said, yeah, it's too difficult today. I just don't see how this is going to work. You know, we just didn't see, we don't see any other way. In fact, we're not even going to think about it. We're just going to go home and maybe try another day. Or we'll just accept this as the Lord's will. You know, it was the Lord's will. If it, if it was the Lord's will to heal, then I would have made it through easily. We can't just accept every circumstance and every situation that's surrounding us and just say, well, you know, I guess this is what's meant to be. I guess this is how God wants it. There's a perseverance in faith. There is a pushing through in faith. There is a determination and a diligence. And if you look in the word of God, time and time and time again, there are people that refuse to sit and be discouraged. God's examples before us, that he set before us, these men were diligent. They were decisive with the word of God. They were not going to take no for an answer, and they were not going to compromise the word of God. So surrounding yourself once, surround yourself with people of faith. In fact, 
even when, if you remember the story, uh, when, when Jesus comes into a town and, and Jairus uh, comes in and, and says, Jesus, I have a daughter, and she's sick, and she's dying. Can you please come with me? Come with me and, and, and heal my daughter. And so he begins to walk with her, and that's, that's the very moment that the woman with the issue of blood also crept in behind and touched the hem of his garment. Again, pushing through, not saying, well, you know what, I'm not supposed to be around the crowds because I'm, I'm, I, you know, I'm considered unclean. I'm supposed to be outside the camp. I'm not supposed to be in the city. She also determined to push through and activated her faith and continued to take steps. She didn't allow herself to stay stagnant. She didn't allow her, and she had tried for years and years and years. She could have given up a long time ago and said, well, you know what? It must be the Lord's will that I just be this way. But she didn't. And she heard of a name. She heard of Jesus. I'm going to try it again. I'm going to get in there, and I am going to touch the hem of his garment because I know when I touch his garment, I shall be made whole. I will be healed. So she pushed through, and she kept her eyes, her vision, locked in on the faith of Jesus. And then you've got Jairus who's standing there waiting. You know, he's probably sitting there thinking, I've got a daughter over here. She's dying. Can we go? And then while all this is happening, a servant comes in and says, Jairus, master, don't bother him anymore. Your daughter's dead. She's already gone. Don't bother the master anymore. Can you imagine? Moment of decision. You know, sometimes we're in moments of decision when we hear discouraging news, and we've got to make that choice. What am I going to do? Am I going to stay locked in? Keep the target before me. Lock in. Lock in. Or am I going to allow that thing to distract me and go, oh, man. I'm going I'm to blame that woman now because she showed up. You know, she got in the way of my daughter's miracle, and, and she could have lasted for another day, you know. I mean, she's been going this long, but my daughter was dying. And people can start blaming other people, but the thing is, the problem is, we have to stay locked in. We have to stay locked into the Word of God and His nature, who He is, not what people are saying, not what the servant said. Oh, don't bother the master any longer. It's too late. It's done. It's too late. But what did Jesus say? If you know the story, Jesus looked at Jairus and he said, only believe. Only believe. That's it. Only believe. So simple. But we make it so complicated, don't we? Because what do, what do most people do? They tend to lock in on what the servant said. It's too late. See, that's what fear does. Fear locks in on the wrong report. Fear is just faith. It's just faith in the wrong thing. It's just faith in the thing that, that is not of God. Locking in on the wrong report. Locking in on the situation that you see at hand. Locking in on what someone says. 
But Jesus, Jesus threw that out there and said, hey, Jairus, Jairus, focus. You ever do that with your kids? Focus, look at me. <laughs> look at my eyes. And it's like you got to get them redirected again. Focus where you, where you need to focus right now. It's like that's what Jesus was doing. He was saying, Jairus, focus. Look at me. Just believe. Only believe. And Jairus is like, okay. And he does. And he follows Jesus. And then he gets to the house. And everybody's wailing. And everybody's mourning another situation, another circumstance right in front of him. And you know what Jesus does? He boots them all out. Get out. Why? He's getting rid of the visual that's in front of them. He's getting rid uh, of the report of the mourners, the report of the people, the current visual situation and circumstance. Jairus, stay focused. Jairus, keep, keep me right here. Keep me in your vision. Your answer's right here. Only believe, Jairus. Only believe. And so he does, and he gets his miracle. His daughter comes back from the grave. His daughter comes back from death. Surround yourself with people of faith. And then you have to activate your faith by continuing to move forward. Yeah, but I, I did move forward. But continue to move forward. Don't allow stagnation. Don't stop. It's like one of my son's favorite songs. He, when he first started playing keyboard, that's what he's, next thing you know, he's like in the, doing the journey song. Don't stop believing. And so that's what he would play like all the time. But, you know, we kind of turned it Christian. Don't stop believing. Don't stop believing. Only believe. Only believe. That was the right one, right, Journey? <laughs> I try hard sometimes, and, you know, then I come out with wrong songs and wrong words and wrong abbreviations and everything else. But don't agree with your current circumstances. If God said it, he will do it. If God said it, he will do it. And if he put that seed in you, it's in you for a reason. He put that seed. He spoke that seed in you. What is the very thing that you have a, a desire to see God do in your life? He put that seed in you. But it's up to us to nurture that seed. It's us to, up to us to keep locked in on that and not allow it to be stolen, not allow it to, to get buried, not allow it to, to, to get discouraged and pulled out by the anxieties of life and the worries and all of the reports and all of the things that happen. Jesus says, only believe. Only believe. Continue to move forward. You know, so many times we can be facing things and there's things going on around us that looks like nothing is working. It looks like nothing in the physical realm is working. But Jesus still, just like Jairus, nothing is working. There's, there's a body of my daughter. She's not breathing. It's worse now than what it was earlier today. 
It doesn't look better. It looks worse. Just believe. Just believe. That's all God's asking. Just believe. Believe in his word. Believe in that seed. Believe in what he's put in you. He will do more than what you can imagine, more than what you can fathom. And it's not up to you to figure out how. You leave that to him. But he's put enough in you, a small seed, as small as a mustard seed. That's all you need. Just believe. And you continue to grow that seed. And you grow that seed. And you grow that seed. How? How do I grow that seed? You, you listen to, to faith preaching. You elim eliminate the doubters. If there's people around you that constantly seem to drag you backwards and it's just like afterwards you just feel like you're drained and there, there's not an increase of faith at all, then you might need to eliminate that voice. I'm not saying... Never talk to them again, but you might need to eliminate how much time you're spending, how often you're talking to them. You might need to eliminate uh, how much influence they have in your, in your heart, in your mind. And then you've got to place yourself with people that will encourage you, that will strengthen you. Before we move on to the third one, the man of Bethesda that was by the pool, and the angel came down and would stir the water, if you remember that story. I would have you guys turn there, but for the sake of time, because I've got another one to go through, I'm just going to tell you. He, would, he laid there for what, 30, 38 years he was, I mean, that's a life. 38 years he sat with this illness, with this lameness. And, and he, he would wait for the waters to be stirred by the angel. And, and then Jesus was like, do you want to be healed? And I'm, I'm imagining he probably, that probably was a frustrating question for him. What do you mean do I want to be healed? I have nothing else to do. I'm laying here waiting for the waters to be stirred. And every time somebody else gets ahead of me because I can't get there quick enough. Somebody else jumps in before I can. Yes, I want to be healed. I'm trying. I keep trying. But you know what? Jesus gives him another way. He says, pick up your mat and walk. No, Jesus, you don't understand. I have to get up and, and get in the water when the water's stirred. No, just believe. Sometimes we're trying to do things in a system that's, that's not the fullest system. It's not the best way. It's not the divine way. And we have to believe to move forward. So at that moment, he had to adjust his thinking. Okay, I've been doing it this way for 38 years. I've been, I've been trying to make this happen for, for many years, a long time. But now Jesus has given me a new word. Pick up my mat and walk. So it takes, it takes a readjusting. It takes a thinking difference. You, you have to adjust your thinking and take that word and say, yes. Yes, I will do it. So he picks up his mat and he walks. 
done. No more waiting to get in the water first. But he had to change the direction of his thinking with a new command, a command of faith. So activate your faith by moving forward. When God gives you that word, cling to that word. Profess that word. Do not let that word go. Believe in it. And the third one, the third one is refuse to be moved. Refuse to be moved. You've got to lock your heart in on the word, on God, and be committed. There is a commitment that you have to have that despite what's going on around you, despite what may come up new, no, I'm locking in. I'm locking in. It doesn't matter what the enemy tries to throw at me. I am locked in. I refuse to be moved from this position. I refuse to believe anything else other than the word of the Lord. Turn over to uh, Mark 10. Starting at verse 46. Mark 10, 46. You know, when we hear the word of God, when we hear the word preached, when we read the word, when we receive the word, we're receiving many times through our hearing, through what's being preached, and we receive it in our, in our logic and our understanding. But we believe in our heart. It's like it, it has to come through our understanding and into our heart. That's why in the parable of the sower, if they didn't understand, then they didn't keep the seed. It was easily snatched away because there has to be an understanding. Now, I'm not saying there has to be a, you have to be able to explain every little detail. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is there has to be a belief and an understanding that God has this for you, that God is giving you this, that God loves you. And you receive it in the heart. How do we receive salvation? We believe in the heart and confess with our mouth. It's with the heart that we believe, and with our mouth, confession is made. And it's the same thing with anything else in our life that we want to see come to pass. We have to believe in our heart and confess with our mouth. And so here you have a, a situation. You've got blind Bartimaeus here. I don't know why we continue to call him blind. He did get healed. But, <laughs> but even in my Bible, it says blind Bartimaeus. But verse 46, it says, Then they came to Jericho, and as Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving this city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, that is the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Now many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But get this, but he shouted all the more. 
He shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Now, there will be people that try to discourage the walk, try to discourage the very thing. It's a good thing. He wanted his sight. That's a good thing. What you're believing for is a good thing. But there will be people that come alongside and try to discourage you from receiving what it is that you're going after. And they'll say, calm down. You're being too loud. You're being radical. You're being disruptive. Bartimaeus, quiet. This is Jesus. Just sit, just sit there and listen. Why are you causing a disruption? But it's, he didn't allow that to stop him. He continued to move forward. And he says, it said he cried out all the more. And that's how we need to be in the face of the enemy. When the enemy comes in, all the more, all the more we stand. All the more we cry out. All the more we believe. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Bartimaeus, be quiet. Shut up. Shh. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. All the more. And that's what he did. And it's interesting because, because Jesus stopped and said, call him. And now look at what the, all the other people did. They, so they called the blind man and said, cheer up. One minute they're discouraging him, and then the next minute now they're trying to cheer him up. and go, Oh, cheer up. He, on your feet, he's calling you. That's the world. They're so fickle. One minute they're saying, don't do that. The next minute they're saying, oh, it's a great idea. It's just whatever, whatever happens to be going on at the moment. They are swayed by the, by the, by the atmosphere of the world. They're swayed by what people say. They, they're swayed by what people think. Oh, cheer up now. He wants to talk to you. Come on. But it says, blind Bartimaeus, he, he, he says, he says, throwing his cloak aside. This cloak was a cloak that gave him the right to beg. It was, it was kind of like a governmental thing that they handed and said, here, you have the right to beg. Throwing that off. I'm not going to need this anymore. And he goes to Jesus, and he jumped to his feet, and he came to Jesus and Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? Now, he could have said, you know, Jesus, I just, I'm in this situation, and, and, you know, I haven't made a lot of money today begging, so could you just give me enough to get by today? You ever hear people talk like that? I just want enough to just get by today. Just enough to get by. God is a God of overflow. Because when he pours out, he's pouring out not enough just for you, but enough for you to be a blessing. Enough for you to have more. What did he do whenever it was, when he, was, he baptized in the Holy Spirit? It wasn't just them. He poured out enough that there was overflow, and they went out and they touched thousands of people. More than enough. More than enough. More than enough. And Bartimaeus didn't have that mentality of just get me by today. Well, you know, I'm in this situation, Jesus. Can you, can you just make it comfortable for my family? Because, you know, I, I can't do for him. He said, I want to be whole. I want my sight back. 
so that I can do and I can provide and I can be a blessing. I don't want the sympathy. I want to be a blessing to others. He says, I want to see. And verse 52 says, go. Your faith has healed you. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. There has to be a determination that we lock in and we don't let go. Every person in the Bible that God used as an example, think about it, Daniel had to lock in and not let go. What was he locking in on? On the word of God, his faith in God, that he wasn't going to bow to another. It didn't matter that there was a fiery furnace awaiting the, the, the three Hebrew children. It didn't matter that there was a, a den of lions awaiting. I'm locking in. I'm locking in. And I don't care what you throw in front. I'm not compromising. I'm not compromising the word that was given to me. I'm not compromising my faith. I'm not compromising what, what you're saying. I don't care what you say. If it goes against the word of God, I'm not receiving it. I'm not bowing down to it. I am moving forward. So when he goes and he prays in the, in the, in the room and they see him, he's not hiding. The three Hebrew children, okay, we're going to give you one more chance. When you hear the music play, then you bow down. What, I'll just, one more The enemy always gives you one more chance. The enemy is always going to try to throw something else in there to give you one more chance. I'm not bowing. I, I'm staying locked in. Locked in on Jesus, locked in on his word, locked in on faith. I'm moving forward. What has he called you to do? What has he put in you? Stay locked in on that. Has he called you an overcomer? Say yes. <laughs> the word of God says so. Has he called you healed? Yes, the word of God says so. Does he say that he'll provide for you? Yes. Does he say that he'll protect you? Does he say he'll deliver you? Does he say that your children will be mighty in the land? Yes. Stay locked in on it. And you don't let it go. It doesn't matter what the enemy tries to throw at you or when people try to shush, be quiet. No, I'm staying locked in. I'm staying locked in. I shall have the very thing that I'm believing for. I am not moved by what I see. I am not moved by what I hear. I am not moved by the current situation. I stay locked in on Jesus and who he says he is in my life and what he has called me to do, what he has called me to be. Stay locked in. Let's go ahead and stand our feet. Minister, can you come to the keyboard? You know, many times we, we see these things and, and we're waiting for God to give us something more before we move forward. But when we read the, the people of the Bible, even despite what was going on, they stayed the course. You know, even when Moses 
was leading all of those children out of, out of the land of slavery, and they hit that point where they're seeing the Red Sea. And now it's blocking their way. Everything looks impossible. They've got an army behind them and a water in front of them. We're stuck. And it's interesting because if you look at it, God said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Get your staff, raise it up, and raise your hand over the water and see what the Lord will do for you today. Move forward. He said, tell the children to move forward. I don't care what the enemy has thrown at you. God says, move forward. Keep moving forward. Don't allow the enemy to cause you to be in a place of stagnation. Refuse stagnation. Refuse to stop believing. Refuse to believe the report of the enemy. I refuse. I stand on the word of God. He is my source. He is my strength. He is my refuge. He is the one that I trust in. His word has more power than any man on earth, than any system on earth, any banking system. His word is more powerful than any medical system. Do you believe that? I don't care any educational system. I don't care what system it is. His word is more powerful than any institution, any system there is. And his word is true. Let every other man be called a liar. For his word is true. All you have to do is stand. That's all he's asking of you. Stand and see what the Lord will do for you today. Stand on the word of God. Stand and see. In fact, he told the Israelites, hold your peace. What does that mean? Don't let your peace get all rattled. Don't let anxiety come in. It's just another way of saying don't be anxious. Don't let the enemy come in and, and rattle your, your foundation of peace. You stay put on the word of God that he's bringing us out of this land of slavery and into a land of milk and honey, into a land of freedom. And then what? He will give you the strength along the way. See, many times we're waiting on the strength before we take the step. We're waiting on the provision before we take the step. We're waiting on the, on the, the protection before we take the step. We're waiting on the wisdom before we... Ask God and then do. God, I need your strength right now. And I'm depending on you. I need your understanding. I need your wisdom. I need your provision. But I'm going to move forward in every way that I know how to. That should be our response. Because as we respond, it shows that we're trusting in him. It shows that we believe in his word. Esther said, if I perish, I perish. But I'm going in today. 
and I'm going to believe that God's going to protect me, and we're going to see a turnaround for the whole nation. And it's exactly what happened. It's a requirement, actually. These things are a requirement in order to see our faith bring forth the very thing that we're believing for. We can't do it any other way. Otherwise, it's not faith. So keep moving forward. Lock in. Lock in and don't allow anything to move you. Keep your peace. Let's go ahead and bow our heads.